0: Jenny Green Weekdays from 3 On 2FM The sound of the nation
1: I'm delighted to say There has been no shortage Of movie reboots recently Ghostbusters Afterlife Is in cinemas now And The Matrix Resurrection Is coming next month but when it comes to relaunching a movie franchise, there has been plenty of remakes that haven't worked. So joining us now to give us some recommendations on the best ones is entertainment.e's Deirdre Malumbi and Deirdre. Uh, we're going to start with um, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Let's have a listen to this and then you can give us your verdict. Caesar, I'm sorry. This is my fault. This has to stop. This isn't the way. You know what they're capable of. Please come home. If you come home, I'll protect you. Caesar
0: is home. Okay, Deirdre, so, uh, were you a fan of this one? I actually was. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the original Planet of the Apes, the one back in 1968, Um, although I haven't seen. I know that there were like a few sequels that followed in the 70s, which were just very corny and silly and didn't work at all. And then, of course, people will remember back in 2001 when Tim Burton tried to kind of remake or reboot the franchise and that didn't work at all. But I thought that this reboot series, which consists of Rise of the Planet of the Apes from 2011, followed by Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War for the Planet of the Apes, there was something about this series that just really, really worked. I think that it imagines the events that kind of led to, you know, uh, the apes taking over the planet and all of humanity kind of devolving. It just imagined that story in a really kind of compelling way. But it was also like quite smart. You know, there was a really kind of effective commentary there on issues like animal abuse, destruction of the environment and war. And of course, Andy Serkis, his motion capture performance as Caesar, who's kind of the protagonist throughout all three films. Like, you'd wonder how would that work in a live action movie to have you know, this CGI protagonist, but his performance in it is just absolutely incredible because, you know, they would have tracked not just his physical movements, but even like his really kind of subtle facial expressions. And he just gave such an incredible performance that at the time, the movies were out, people were calling for an Oscar to be made for such performances. And this, you know, could end up being the way of the future, the way technology and everything is going. So if you haven't checked out these three movies, I definitely would recommend them. The CGI in them is still absolutely fantastic and they're surprisingly moving as well like by the end you're kind of you're kind of in tears of it I know. <laughs> Well, I even look at something like, I mean, oh, it's different, but, you
1: know, I remember even Avatar was quite emotional in parts as well. So it's like all of these films, they, they kind of get us in, in that part. The one that I, I suppose I never really connected with that we're going to talk about now. And I grew up in a household full of Star Trek fans. I wasn't one of them, but let's have a listen to Star Trek from 2009. Sir, I intercepted and translated the message myself. Kirk's report is accurate.
0: We're warping into a trap, sir. The Romulan's waiting for us. I promise you that.
1: The cadet's logic is sound
0: and Lieutenant Uhura is unmatched in Xenolinguistics. So we would be wise to accept her conclusion. Scan Vulcan space, check for any transmissions in Romulan. Oh,
1: it just brings me back to childhood when I hear that. So Star Trek, uh, where do you fall on this one?
0: Yeah, to be honest with you, um, I really like the reboot series, but I haven't, you know, it hasn't kind of um, inspired me to go back and check out, like, all the TV series. I mean, there are ones being, like, creative e- even all the time, you know, in the last couple of years. I know there's been a new animated one in Picard and stuff like that, so it's just never-ending, this franchise. <laughs> but I really do quite like the the reboot movie, starting off with that 2009 film. It obviously made stars of its cast. Uh, Chris Pine, you know, got his big, great, big, break in it and then there was Zachary Quinto Zoe Saldano uh, John Cho and Anton Yelchin they all gave like great performances in it and of course it put director J.J. Abrams on the map as well you know and he would go on to direct um, two of the Star Wars movies and he's really involved in that franchise now as well as Star Trek Star Trek Into Darkness and Star Trek Beyond really really great fun movies uh, really good CGI in them I think great action sequences and they're just like so full of fun and adventure and a sense of fun there is on almost something like you said that kind of it makes you feel like they're harking back to your childhood or something like that and apparently there is a Star Trek 4 on the way it's been plagued with production issues for years now but it does have a director and a release date of December 22nd 2023 although they've been very quiet about exactly which of the cast members are involved in it because I know that Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth they were kind of bowing out of the project at one point over pay cuts so it's been a little kind of touch and go with that production. particular production so we'll just have to see what it actually consists of
1: now speaking of cgi and if you like cgi monsters obviously this is the one for you let's take a listen to godzilla versus kong mr serizawa start your engines
0: the upgrade is untested once we get online godjira will come
1: straight for us he's been coming for us since our creation first awoke. walk we must embrace it we shouldn't rush this we have no idea how this energy source will affect the
0: makeup. Get in the goddamn chair.
1: Joe, you know it's. Fun? I think I watched one Godzilla years ago. I don't know what exactly it is I watched, but I think I enjoyed it. <laughs>
0: yeah you know what it is about them like they're just they're kind of dumb popcorn movies aren't they they're kind of the they're the type of movies that are kind of cinematic in a really weird way because they're all CGI they're all spectacle they're just these enormous computer generated monsters beating each other up let's be honest like sometimes they try to like weave in a more deep message there but we know exactly what's going on it's just for the sake of pure spectacle Um, Godzilla vs Kong was out earlier this year and it was the fourth in the Monsterverse films there was 2014's Godzilla and then Kong Skull Island and then Godzilla King of the Monsters and so they've all kind of been building up to you know Godzilla versus Kong are finally facing off one another and they've been like really big successes Godzilla versus Kong made 467 million globally and it was released during the pandemic so I think those kind of figures are really really impressive yeah. and apparently the next um, installment of the franchise is going to be Son of Kong so I think that Godzilla is just taking a back step just for a little bit but I'm really I don't know I have a guilty pleasure when it comes to these monster movies and apparently I'm not the only one because You're they do really well at the You're box allowed ups.
1: Deirdre That is allowed Well look we got time for just one more and something for people to look forward to It's out in cinemas March 4th Let's have a listen to the Batman Fear is a tool but when that light hits the sky
0: It's not just a call It's a warning
1: Okay, so uh, out in cinemas March of next year, um, do have you seen a preview? Have you seen any bits of this yet that you can tell us about?
0: I've literally only seen the trailer. If I could have seen more, I would have because I'm just so, so excited. Batman is obviously a character that's been rebooted on the big screen. How many times between Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, Ben Affleck and Kristen Bale playing him? I think that people are really, really excited to see Robert Pattinson's uh, take on the character. And I also really appreciate that when you see the trailer, they show that around his eye is blackened. So, you know, that whole mystery. Of, but when he wears his mask, how is it just his eye showing? Yeah. It finds Embraces the fact that, you know, the Batman wears eyeshadow. He does. That's how he gets away with it. Um, I, it's
1: interesting because it's not like, you know, Robert Pattinson is not the first person I would think of to
0: play Batman, but maybe that's the key. I think that is the key yeah and I mean they've got such a terrific cast in this as well between Paul Dano as the Riddler Zoe Kravitz is going to be playing Selina Kyle I'm also really really excited I have to say especially because I've seen him in the trailer Colin Farrell is going to be playing Oswald Cobblepot aka the Penguin and if you watch the trailer he's completely transformed like he is unrecognisable he's got like these makeup and prosthetics on and I think that he's going to I haven't seen him play kind of the really bad guy in a while and I think that he's going to give an absolutely Terrific performance, and another Irish person of interest is that Barry Keoghan is going to be in this movie as well. So you know, we've always got to give a plug when there oh. are Irish connections in there, and um, so I'm really, really excited for it for that reason.
1: I'm looking forward to that now. I'm definitely going to check it out. Uh, Deirdre Molumby thank you so much. And as you said, there, the Batman in cinemas March 4th.
0: Here we go. Jenny Green, weekdays from
1: three on Two FM. The sound of the nation.